Do movie trailers follow the same rules as other marketing videos? Well, stay tuned as Video Marketing 2.0 goes to the movies. The video revolution is here, and it's changing how we do business. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Gubich and Brendan Carty. Welcome to Video Marketing 2.0, the authoritative, official, unofficial video marketing podcast. My name is Brendan Carty. I'm the director of creative content at ThinkMojo, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, colleague, director of business development at ThinkMojo, Joel Gubich. Joel, we also have a new member of the podcast family here, our esteemed ThinkMojo project manager, Amy Caffey. Amy, how are you? I am doing very well, Brendan. Thank you for having me on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on our show. I love that. It's like a favor, but not a favor. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, movie trailers. And I think this is, a, this is a fun topic to talk about because on the surface, everybody knows movie trailers are very familiar. But the thing about movie trailers, it gives us a nice sort of uh, avenue to then talk about some video marketing concepts. And I think it makes it a lot more accessible than some of the things that we talk about in, in previous episodes, which can, which can kind of seem a little bit like inside baseball, you know, like you understand what a movie trailer is and generally why it's effective, whether you know it or not. And today we want to talk about some of our favorite movie trailers, what works with them, what doesn't, and sort of bring that home so we can give some better context to some of the other ideas we talk about with video marketing. So Joel, I know this was your idea to do this topic because you're a little bit of a movie buff is that right i i love movies i i can't i i must have seen thousands and thousands of movies already uh since since i was a little kid just the concept of going into that movie theater was uh was it was magical and even today you know going to movies for me is is one of those escapist type of things. I'd much prefer being in a movie theater than watching a movie on a uh, TV or on an iPad. You know, they caught Lee Harvey Oswald uh, in a movie theater. Uh, he was are are you implying something? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you're saying it's escapist. It's just, you know, you can't really escape uh, the law. But anyway, so <laughs> that that's a uh, that, that's a total non sequitur. But I... I I agree with what you're saying about uh, movies being this sort of uh, sort of fully engrossing experience, right? And something that we don't really get anymore because we're always so distracted. And you go into a movie, uh, to a theater, and the lights go down, the previews start coming up, and there is a sense of excitement there that I don't think that you get in any other kind of media these days. It's very unique. And I wonder, though, is it so different than what we've become used to that it's almost mm -hmm. like we, we we don't appreciate its value because you know movies frankly the movie theater uh box office used to be percentage-wise a lot higher than it is today and i'm wondering do you think that that's sort of losing its appeal at all i don't think it's losing its appeal i think that people still do want to get away from things and see creative content in a different format. You know, we're so used to watching it 
now on our iPhones and our uh, on our digital devices and and the movie theater gives us that the one thing though that the movie theater has now given us because fewer people I guess are going to the movie theater are the trailers I just think that there are a preponderance of trailers to the point where it is annoying um and in fact the trailers I think are doing a disservice you know we could talk about that later in the uh, the episode but i i think one of the things about going to the movies that is exciting for me is not just the movie but also the anticipation of what's coming next mm-hmm. so i don't want to overdose on it but i don't want to underdose on it can you want you want to just dose on it <laughs> i i just want to dose on it got it so what do, what do you think amy well um i don't know i think that um you know for me i know that when I go to the movies, I like to go see certain kinds of movies at the theater. So, you know, big action films, um, sci-fi stuff, um, you know, things that you'll really benefit from being in that dark room with the really great sound system. Um, and I think that when you go and see a movie like that, the trailers that they show before it are also in that same vein. And so I enjoy all of that, you know. Um, but then, you know, some kind of like comedy comes out. I'm not as likely to go and see that at a movie theater at this point because I'll be just as happy watching that at home on Netflix later. You know, Amy, that's such a good point, like, that they they have the trailers based on what kind of movie it is that you're watching. And there – I don't know about you guys, but there have been moments where, like, you go to a movie and you you kind of – have a certain expectation, like what kind of movie this is. And, and you think like, you know, it's, this is the kind of movie you like. And, and that says something about who you are. Right. But mm-hmm. then you start seeing the trailers and you realize like, Oh crap, this is what, this is who advertisers think I am. Like the, the trailers are for like such garbage, stupid, like immature type of movies. And you're like, Oh, right. That's the kind of movie this is. Like I thought that this was like a little bit more highbrow than perhaps you know the, the perhaps what it, it actually is, but it turns out I am just watching like some frat boy some comedy, garbage. Yeah. some garbage frat boy comedy. I have made and, a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, what have I done? And why? This is why I'm the oldest person in this movie theater. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I have never had that concept. That wow. I'm the trailers that I'm being watched. I have just been put into a demographic box by uh, some advertiser. I, that's an interesting concept. I actually think the opposite. I go there and I think, what are these guys thinking? Um, you know, is do they really think that what they showed me here is going to entice me to come and watch the crap that they've put on the uh, the screen in front of me? Well, let's let's talk about now the uh, the favorite. Or, or if you have any favorite movie trailers, because I think that this is uh, this will be a good segue into you know the sort of breaking them down a little bit. So, Amy, I don't know if you have any. I know Joel is like chomping at the bit, so I'm going to make him wait a little bit longer. So, Amy, what burn? I know total burn. So, Amy, do you have any any favorite movie trailers that you would like to discuss right now? I feel like. It's still too recent for me to talk about how cool this trailer is, but I really like <laughs> it's too it's too soon. It's like <laughs> well, it's gonna open up a well of emotion for you. You know, well, no, ready? it's just it's just like everyone. Well, I say that everyone liked it, but the new Star Wars movie that trailer yeah. was incredible, and every and it, and it was effective. I feel like it went absolutely viral immediately on Facebook and other social media, and people were sharing it and rewatching it. Um, you know, people talked about it for like weeks. 
Yeah. And I, as everyone at Think Mojo knows, I still have not seen the new Star Wars movie, which is a pretty regular uh, point of derision. But <laughs> I have seen the, the trailer a lot. And I think the trailer – one of the things I loved about the trailer was like it had – and this is part of, I guess, the challenge with the, the new Star Wars movie anyway. It's got to balance what you know about it but also offer something new. So it's mm-hmm. got to tickle your nostalgia bone, but also make you curious to make you think like, oh, I haven't seen this before. And I think they did a really good job of that with the, uh, with the music. And mm, one yeah. thing, and, and one thing that was really great. And I think this is something, a tactic that movie trailers use really well is voiceover, right? Because most movies don't have voiceovers in them, but they'll take a, you know, a monologue of somebody from later in the movie and kind of use that as a voiceover. And that was done here. Actually, with one of the trailers, it was with, um, it was with Luke. Like he was saying, yeah. And so like, then you're one, but you never see Luke. So you're thinking, where is he? Like, what's going on? It, It just creates this ultimate, uh, curiosity gap. Yeah, and I think that's the most important part of a movie trailer. Um, and I think that's why a lot of the other trailers that I like or that I think are effective anyway um, are horror films, actually. And it was Halloween yesterday, and I did watch some. Um, but, you know, they, they have a way of being able to be really suspenseful and not quite reveal what's going on. Yeah. So that you, if, if it's a well-done trailer and the dialogue is good, um, that you actually want to know, you know? Yeah. I think that's a sign of a. Uh, I think you p- pointed out something that is one of the reasons that I don't like the trailers these days because, first of all, they're longer. They can be up to two and a half minutes now, where they used to be shorter. So that sort of flies in the face of a lot of things we talk about on video marketing. But um, they give away when a trailer that gives away too much, there isn't that anticipation. You know, it's like, especially comedies when they're showing you all oh, of the yeah. good punchlines. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, why should I go to this comedy anyway? I I found that to be true. Do you remember uh, Meet the Fockers? <laughs> yeah. The sequel to Meet the I Parents. Will, I, will, I will admit to remembering that, yes. Okay, so I watched Meet the Parents. I thought it was funny. And so then I saw the trailer for Meet the Fockers, and that was one of those movies where literally every good punchline was in the trailer. So halfway through the movie, I kind of realized this and just thought, there's not going to be anything new for the rest of this movie. Now, from a sheer marketing standpoint, though, is that really a mistake? I'm just thinking, like, you know, out thinking out loud, like, you want to get the person to watch the movie. You're not necessarily getting the person want to get the person to enjoy the movie. You just want to get <laughs> them to buy the movie ticket and then go sit in the theater. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that from a long-term perspective of the uh I guess the the long-term prospects of the brand in this case, you know, the movie itself, it's probably not good because then you're not going to you're not going to get you're not going to buy the like DVD. DVD sales yeah. and yeah, right. things like that. But then again, if the movie sucks, they're probably not going to do that anyway. But I don't know. Just playing devil's advocate. Joel, what are your uh, – I know you're, a... you're dying to, to say what your favorite – You, you <laughs> uh, unlike, us, unlike us, you prepared multiple, so we may as well get to it. So what, what are your favorite movie trailers, well, Joel? Well, well, you know, you, you had, Amy, you had mentioned social media, and both of these were movies that came out before social media. And, and so the trailers were only watched – at the movie theater, right. which is something interesting because nowadays we're used to seeing trailers uh, every place, both on Netflix and on websites, on social media, yeah. on Facebook. You would get the and, TV ones, but you're right. It would be the 30-second version, not the full two, two-and-a-half-minute Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So the two that I really liked was uh, Pulp Fiction and The Shining. 
And part of the reason that I liked them was because, first of all, they were shorter. They were dramatic. Uh, the it's unbelievable use of music and voiceover, the use of surprise, but there was some sort of storytelling there. And I think that is really cool to see that in a trailer because that means that they've thought about this. They had to think about it because these were movies that were really unique. Um, that's why they've stood the test of time. They aren't your, you know, your run, your mundane movie that you go just because you've got a, it's rainy outside and say, okay, you know what? I got nothing else to do. Yeah. I think the Pulp Fiction one is interesting because that was such a complex story that to sort of boil that down into two minutes without really revealing, you know, everything. And, and cause you obviously like, like you said, you don't want to give away the store, but making a complex story seem compelling, but also like digestible in two minutes, as we've seen from our various video marketing efforts is a challenge. But when it's done well, like it, obviously it, it really, it really hits home. So I think that that's a, that is an interesting choice. I, um, I know you're, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what's my favorite movie trailer? So I'm going to tell you. It's actually okay. not. Drum roll? This is, so, so this is, I, I can't say what my favorite of all time is because that's, I don't know. I, that's just a really long window. But I would say my, my favorite of the last five to ten years, and this is going to sound funny, it was the new Godzilla movie. This is the one with, uh, with Brian Cranston in it. And. See, one of the things that I like or one, one of the criteria I use to judge just a movie trailer is how much is it better than the actual movie? You know, and I think that you do get bonus points if the movie itself kind of sucks because the trailer then has so much more of a difficult task. And I can tell you the the so the trailer just to if it's not seared into your brain like it is to mine. So the the trailer starts with like you want everything to start with a Brian Cranston voiceover. <laughs> there are lines of cars trying to get out of the cities. There's just all this like post apocalyptic imagery. There's like planes just downed on the ground for no reason. There's uh, it, it just seems like mass hysteria, global hysteria. Brian Cranston is going on about these people know something they're not telling us. It's going to send us back to the Stone Age. And the music is going and then then they start showing like clips of the, the massive Godzilla type form but in but in the shadows, they don't tell show you the whole thing. And it just gets you crazy, right? You just you you know the story generally of Godzilla, but now you're thinking like, oh my god, this is gonna be this is gonna be God the worst thing about Godzilla, the funny worst thing about Godzilla back in the day was like how awful the technology was. So you think like this is gonna be as awesome as that was as far as like the pure storytelling, but now with great, you know, technology and all that stuff. So fast forward, I see the movie and it was terrible. It was just an absolutely <laughs> awful movie. <laughs> Brian Cranston didn't even make it through like the first hour of the movie. He got he got killed off at minute forty five, and I was like, "Wait, he's coming back, right? Like this is a Brian Cranston movie." They they even showed them zipping up the body bag on Brian Cranston and putting him in the back of a truck, and and he drives off. And I'm like, "No, he's coming back. Like this is going to be. They can't they can't do this to us." So no, he never came back, and it was it was awful. It actually kind of smelled like. There was like a contract dispute. Like he started the movie and it was like, ah, guys, this movie sucks. I'm leaving. And that was it. They just had to like write him out because he wasn't going to be there for the last two months of filming. But I, I honestly, I have to tell you though, knowing how bad the movie was, I still watched the trailer 
and I still get pumped up again. Like as if I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, wait, this movie's going to be good again, right? Like maybe I missed something. Maybe I should watch it again. So based on those metrics, I would say Godzilla, best trailer, worst movie, but absolutely fantastic trailer. They they nailed it in two and a half minutes. And God knows they didn't have much to work with. <laughs> well, I think that's – now I am intrigued. I'm going to go mm-hmm. there. Uh, we're going to have these, by the way, on the show notes page yeah. on the uh, the website. So it'll be really fantastic to look at some of these trailers, as well as uh, we have a link, I think, to the top 100. Who I don't know who spends their time doing these things, but the top 100 movie trailers of all time. All right, it's a good time to take a break and hear a word from uh, Think Mojo. And when we come back, we're going to get granular like we always do on our podcast. And look at trailers using the same lens that we talk about on this podcast about video marketing in general. If you want to build something that'll last, you need the right tools. In today's business world, video marketing is the tool you need to drive long-term growth. So get off the sidelines. Contact the video marketing experts at ThinkMojo and start using video as an essential part of your strategy. Visit thinkmojo.com forward slash smart video and mention smart videos for an exclusive offer. Think Mojo, smart video for modern business. Okay, so we're back and uh, we're with Amy and with Brendan today, and we're we're having a lot of fun talking about video marketing and movie trailers. And what's the uh, what's the connection between the two? Are they the same? And if they are the same, what are the uh, the rules that uh, you really need to think about when you're making a good trailer? And what are the rules that you should pay attention to not to make a bad trailer? Mm. Was that a double negative? That was a lot yeah, of well, a lot of questions in one. But I'll just start to <laughs> yeah. I'll, so I'll we're going to start with one question. I'll answer what I think your question was. So the... <laughs> I think that it's it, – they are very relatable to video marketing because essentially it's – like we were saying before, it's a complex story trying to condense it down into one and a half, two minutes without giving away everything but also make it you know appealing and make, make it uh, snappy and, and digestible. But I think it's also a testament to purely – well, I wouldn't say purely but heavily visual storytelling. You know, and to give you a little background on it, I when you mentioned that you know you wanted to do an episode on uh, on trailers, it, it triggered something that I had watched uh, maybe like a year or so ago, a story on the uh, one of the production companies that actually does just video trailers. Now, I think most people assume that the movie production studio, after they complete the movie, and they cut the trailer themselves, but that's not the case. There's actually uh, studios that specialize in just coming in after the, the production is done and you know watching all the film and then creating the the trailer like that and one of them is uh, it's a studio called Wildcard and they do a lot of the big uh, big production trailers that, that you see on TV so one of the things that they do like their their first uh, their first strategy I guess is they watch the movie without the sound on and the idea is, they want – first of all, they know that the images that they – the clips that they show in the trailer are not necessarily going to work sequentially, right, with with the, the story itself. It's not like they're going to just be able to give a summary based on, uh, you know, like a, a single minute and a half section of the movie. They're going to need to cut everything up and they're going to – each section needs to pop really well visually. So they watch it without the sound on and one of the guys says like you can actually – tell what are the most important parts of the movie based solely on what on the visual 
Like you don't have to necessarily hear what's going on in order to get it. And I think that's an instructive point, you know, because we talk a lot of video marketing, like some videos you want it to work like the perfect video kind of works without the sound on anyway, right? Because you, you get to, whether it you use on-screen text or not, you just get to see the either the product in action or the message sort of come to life. So I think that the trailers offer a really good lesson in visual storytelling and the use of voiceover and music to really set the mood and then have the visuals uh, really grab your attention and, and never let go. Excuse me. Well, I think another thing that uh, nowadays be, we talked about it in the first section is the use of movie trailers in ways that years ago were never used. Uh, a movie trailer used to be just in a movie theater. You had a captive audience. Uh, they would you would sh they they didn't have that many movies that were produced on a year round basis. So you would watch maybe two, three at most, maybe four. Now you sit there and you get ten of them. So uh, you get overdosed on that, and the the trailers have become too long. And that's something that we've talked about in video marketing. You know, bringing you back through that lens is a two and a half minute uh, trailer really the best way of doing things. Because you perhaps give away too much. On the other hand, you can tell a better story in two minutes than perhaps in 30 seconds or 60 seconds. Yeah, I think one of the things you mentioned, you know, the uh, there are more trailers being shown throughout, you know, before the movie. And I think that it's it's gotten to a point where maybe it is too much. Like you said, it used to be like two or three trailers and the movie started. Now it's just like it seems like you're watching trailers for like 20 minutes. And – I think that, you know, whenever you produce a, a piece of content, no matter what it is, you have to be aware of the place that it's going to be seen or going to be shown. And for that long form, I think that at this point, the long form uh, trailers are being made more with YouTube and social media in mind. You know, they, they want to be because I think that if they and may, maybe I'm wrong, but I just think that if they're being honest with themselves, when you're watching a you go to you go to see a movie and 20 minutes of trailers come on you watch eight trailers you know before the actual movie are you really going to remember what the third fourth fifth and sixth trailers were i mean it's just so much content that's being thrown at you it's just really difficult to land when you know you're just in this conveyor belt of trailers but i think that they're now being made more with the the mindset of trying to go viral like amy said with the star wars video that you know, I, I think that it's it's less of it the, the the time is maybe less of an issue, and and they're not thinking in terms of uh, sort of that that captive audience, you know, that of someone already sitting in the theater. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's definitely now that you know the internet's so prevalent and social media so prevalent, um, the trailer is just another part of a big giant internet marketing strategy where they launch the movie website. You can see the longer version of the trailer. Um, there's other extra, you know, special tidbits and things you can learn about the movie if you're a complete fanatic, like in the case of Star Wars, which a lot of people are. Um, so it's just a big hype machine online. And the benefit of that is that the consumers that are excited will share all that content for you and you don't have to pay people to do it, you know? Yeah. If you and can actually create a good trailer that goes viral like that. Yeah. Well, then I would ask this question then. Okay, I, I understand the social media part, and I, I do agree with you that that is probably what they're thinking first and foremost. But there's two things when you're at a movie theater that that doesn't play out. So if, if the movie company 
wants to show two and a half minutes on YouTube, that's great. But why do they want to show that same two and a half minutes on uh, in a movie theater? Why not do like we do with uh, a lot of marketing videos? And again, bring it back into that lens, make a shorter cut of it. Um, that's much more concise and maybe more memorable. The other thing about a movie theater, 20 minutes of, of you know, and I've got a problem with this because I'm a popcorn. I love popcorn. My popcorn's <laughs> done by the time the trailers are done and the movie has started. It's like, oh, what's this all about? Maybe that, that's why they're doing it, Joel. Yeah, it's all about so concessions, Joel. Popcorn. It's all about concessions. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that you I, – I look, I, I think if, if everything was – you know, stopped and started over from scratch. I think that what you're suggesting is the right way to do it. But I think that there's just a too much of a, um, I don't know, market. The, the market norm is, for so long has been to do your two two and a half minute trailer at the movie that it's difficult to be the first uh, producer to break from that, right? Because then you're not getting as much exposure. They feel as as the other right. one. So I think that there. I don't know if that's the uh, that that's not indicative of best practice or what even the movie crowd thinks is the best practice. They just kind of this is what they have to do at this point. It's I, just what it is. It's just yeah. yeah. It just is what it is. And but I think that the more innovative things are their strategies for for their online content. Like Amy said, like the trailer is really just one part of a larger ecosystem. I hate that word, but you know when you and you can kind of compare it to video marketing strategy, right? Like, so you have your trailer and that's kind of like your, you know, your, your promo video, right? It's, it's showing the, it's not necessarily explaining the product or it's not explaining the video, the movie. It's just sort of showing it in action and getting you pumped up for it. It's really a hype machine. And then you also see a lot of these videos now come out with, uh, or, or the movie campaigns will start like, testimonial videos with the actors right the actors talk about the movie the the way that the experience of being on set they'll have the actor if, if there's a the star actor with maybe a star director right and they'll sit there and you know it'll be like two minutes of buddy buddy talk as they they talk about their experience on set you know that's kind of uh relevant to to video marketing and you know how you see a lot of those kinds of testimonials that Get you just a little bit more make make the brand a little bit more personal so that you feel like you you know these people and and you're a little bit more invested in it. So I think that a lot of these, you know, like we say, one video is never enough, Joel. I think that the one trailer is not enough for the movie's video marketing campaign. They now have like a whole series of video content that they use in the months leading up to launch. And that's interesting because when they do those, um, like the actor interviews and things like that, I feel like they're reaching out to the hardcore like movie buffs and movie nerds that are actually going to go to the website and look at all that content. But it's a great idea because those are the same people that will essentially be um, the equivalent of a brand champion. Yeah. Um, so they're going to go out and, you know, I, I can't tell you how many friends I have that love movies that have dragged me to the worst movies, but they have somehow convinced me to go to them. Yeah, and, and those are the people that. that are going to share the videos on on social media and exactly. then reach so, a, a bigger audience mm -hmm. that way. So I, I I think you're right. You know, like sometimes you you look at uh, you only judge a piece of content by how many like the broadest audience that's going to tune into it, and sometimes that's not necessarily the point. You want to identify, like you said, those brand champions. Who are the people that are going to turn around and do the dirty work for me? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So. So really, these are much more branding-oriented pieces of video marketing. 
And so the call to action is is a little bit different. A lot of times there really is no call to action. It's just well, – no, uh, mo- I mean it could be you know buy your ticket mo- movie beforehand. Trailers, like- movie trailers always have the clearest call to action I find of any commercial. They end with the date. They end with the date that it's coming out, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that that's always uh, – it, it's not – it's not an overt call to action in that it's not telling you what to do, but I think only because, you know, it's pretty obvious they're like, you know, November 19th, like go see the movie. Like they don't have to, they don't have to be so prescriptive about it, but you know, all those, um, a lot of commercials don't even do that. You know, they'll end with just the, the brand name of, of whatever product it is, but yeah, yeah they, they are, I think they are pretty, uh, pretty direct about what they want you to do at the end of these things. Well, one of the things that they do want you to do, and this is, again, a unique thing, uh, trailers from years back didn't have that, and that is go to a website or go to... That's true. Uh, you know, the, you know, especially movies that are kid-related that have products. You know, next year is going to be, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, Disney's uh, Toy... Toy Story 8 or something? Toy Story? Yeah, Toy Story 3. So, so next year... You know, Toy Story three, four, actually, four, yeah, uh, number four is coming out. I mean, you know that they are busy in China making those toys right now for next year's uh, launch of that movie. Uh, yeah, I guess they, I guess they, they are very busy in China. I feel like that was an offensive <laughs> joke that I, I should be mad about. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. No, I don't know. Just, I don't know what the appropriate reaction is to that. But they, I, I mean, there's, there's no political overtones there. Yeah. I'm just saying that's where toys are made. And yeah, that's no, true. Now, and and to your point about the the websites, it's funny about the the movie websites because they always have like really. It's like they didn't think ahead of time to get like the right domain name. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but you know, mm-hmm. it's always if the movie they never have like just the movie dot com. It's always like uh, you know. Halloween scary film dot com. You know, it's like that how am I gonna remember <laughs> yeah. that? Like it doesn't it just yeah, but anyway, I guess the uh, but you're right, it does does fit into like this larger this larger thing where it's merchandising and uh but it, i think it is it is instructive though to what we're saying, you know, trying to bring it back to the, the whole video marketing uh <laughs> angle is you don't look at these things as just one piece of one asset that it's just going to stand on its own. It's got to fit into a larger catalog of assets that all sort of work together towards the same goal and, and really pushing, pushing the person further down the funnel, whether that's towards the movie theater or towards your product page so that they can get one of those uh, toys from China. You know, it, it's just about getting them to, to open their wallet one way or another. Well, I think that's a good time to, uh, to, you know, come to an end for this episode. I, we probably could talk for the rest of the day on it, and maybe we should. But uh, I think thirty minutes of bantering about movies well, look, is after this is over. Enough. You guys are going to watch the trailer to Godzilla, and then we're going to we're going to continue the conversation because that is an awesome trailer. <laughs> uh, yes. I defy you not to get goosebumps when Brian Cranston opens his mouth. Uh, just I, can't in, wait I mean, to just see in that. general, I'm, I think that's a general point, but certainly in this trailer, yeah. All right. Well, that's my homework for today. I'm going to watch the trailer to Godzilla. And anybody listening, that's your homework as yeah. well. We want to hear from you. Uh, so we've come to another 
Uh, end of another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. And today uh, I was joined by Brendan and Amy Caffey, and uh, this was a lot of fun. And we plan on doing this type of um, po- podcast over and over again in the uh, the coming months. So just to remind you, you can subscribe to this podcast, get our monthly newsletter, and get complete access to the show notes, which you really want to go to today. Uh, by going to videomarketing20.net. That's videomarketing20.net. Remember, you can download and listen to previous episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. So for Brendan, Amy, and myself, we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Video Marketing 2.0. Thank you for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information.